on this very special edition of Sound System FC. You know, you hear that... Uh, always special. Always special, but it's it's <laughs> Tata and Piojo at odds. We'll get to that much later. But, but Bo, you know, Fantasy Premier League is taking a whole new form. Our league that we have... Oh, my God. I've done my all-Wolves team. It went gangbusters in week one. Uh Sice with an unbelievable outburst that really mattered. The past two weeks, it hasn't been so good, but but y- you're hanging in there, and Jamie Vardy really helping lead the way for you. Oh yeah, I mean, I had Vardy, I had San the week before, which was nice. So I, I still am not buying into this whole Premier League fantasy thing. I don't think I, I don't know if it really. I, I don't know. It's not quite as dialed in as NFL fantasy, but I will tell you what is dialed in is the actual games, not the fantasy. No, no, no traffic here. No, hey, Mr. Fantasy. Let's talk about reality and the Premier League. Lawrence, it's been a pretty good start for this season. Yeah, n- not bad, especially for Everton. Uh, Leeds has looked good. Liverpool really looking strong. And Liverpool will be in that Group D in Champions League, which is kind of exciting to think that, okay, you know, the fixtures are uh, getting set and uh, the groups are made. And, you know, there's so much that we have to look forward to ahead, but a nice start in the first couple of weeks to the Premier League. But, you know, I I, kind of feel like it's that early part of the season where we don't know exactly what we're going to see in the Bundesliga, for example. I mean, as we tape this, uh, they are totally losing their minds. I mean, there's what, you know, minds having some sort of revolts internally and Union Berlin just, you know, wrecking the place with them right now. So it's nice to see all these different leagues coming back and also Bayern Munich not exactly just running off with things. I mean, getting some actual competition early on. So it, it, it does set things up because everything has become so condensed. There's not been a break so Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga now being back in full force, and we're seeing really some great early matches, or, or one really great one from Atleti, and then one that was like, what's happening here? And then you, you're, you're seeing things take form, but everyone seems a bit maybe overwrought, maybe a little bit tired. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You brought up in the very beginning, and we're going to talk more about Mexican soccer and how the the battle between, you know, playing international and playing club and 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 so we're starting to see in Europe what's interesting is is these teams have all been back to play uh they've played you know of course the end of Champions League they they uh, finished off their season so this is the restart of all of their seasons but it kind of looks like that they all are are either way out of it or just a little out of sorts you know some of these games are looking a lot like NFL games we're seeing right now or even college football games where you're not really sure what's going to happen because you know teams are still trying to find their footing it seems like you have new players coming in after the transfers um so yeah it's like one week you'll see you know a Byron Munich team that can beat anybody or you'll see a Liverpool team that looks like they're just going to continue rolling and then the next week uh they have no idea what they're doing and then you have teams like Leeds who you know they're looking like one of the best teams in the Premier League and this is their first shot in the Premier League in a long time so uh, you know it's a good time to kind of be you know watching a lot of different soccer, checking out La Liga, seeing what's happening. You know, uh, Real Madrid has not been able to score a lot of goals. Hopefully they get that together. But, uh, you know, Hazard is already, you know, he's turned into the new Gareth Bale when it comes to the Spanish press. They're not really that friendly or open or patient with Hazard. Um, So a lot of good storylines are developing, but it's too early to start really diving deep into each league. But what we can dive deep into is they do have the pairings now for Champions League. And, you know, Lawrence, I'm looking at it, and it's like 
Group A has Byron and Atletico, but it also has Salzburg. It has uh, Locomotive Breath, uh, one of my favorites. You know, these are all actually pretty strong groupings. Uh, you kind of can look at them and say, like, yeah, these two teams should probably be one and two. But, you know, a lot of them have that third, that number three team that that can really make some noise. You know, you have uh, Real Madrid and and uh, Inter, but then you have Munch and Gladbach. You know, they played really well last year. They can definitely cause a lot of problems. Uh, you know, Man City, their group looks a little bit easier. I mean, Marseille has played well. You know, Porto Party, you know, they can sometimes uh, play decent soccer, but that's that's a pretty easy group. But some of these other groups, you know, Liverpool doesn't have it that easy. You know, Atalanta has played well, scores lots of goals. Ajax is, of course, still a team that can come together and, and play quality soccer. So some of these group uh, games, you know, I, I know a lot of times, especially if you're just not a diehard soccer fan, you're not really into the group stage of Champions League. But honestly, I think there's some really strong matchups. And uh, as we were alluding to earlier, because of the timing and the quick transition over from last season, you know, we may have some teams that are not 100% fit. So you're definitely going to have the chances of upsets. I mean, even the PSG group, you have Man United and uh, Leipzig in that group. Who knows which Man United and Leipzig teams show up, you know? So uh, it'll be exciting. I'm, 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 I'm happy that Champions League is getting going. Uh, Europe is already exciting, Europa League, because uh, teams like Tottenham, uh, you know, Teams that had a bad season but are good teams uh, are in Europe. So, you know, across the board, I think some exciting matchups. And what's great is is that you're going to get, um, you know, Sunday through Sunday, seven days a week, quality soccer being played in Europe. Yeah, it's nuts. It's not that long from now. It's just a couple of weeks where you'll see what really could have been this past Champions League final with Bayern Munich and Atleti taking each other on in the very beginning. Another one I'm keeping my eye on is Sevilla, who played their way in because of taking the Europa League. They match up with Chelsea on October 20th, and uh, that Chelsea story is getting interesting as well because they were down three goals to nothing at one point and did storm their way back to force that draw most recently, but they have not been looking so incredible themselves as uh, they will take on Sevilla. And then, you know, looking at other opportunities for, you know, early action that you want to see. I mean, Dortmund, uh, you know, taking on, uh, you know, St. Petersburg Zenit, I, I kind of think that that's going to be a cool stage as well in the Group F as we see all of what plays out there. And I guess the last one that I guess I'm most interested in keeping an eye on is the Group G, where both Barcelona and Juventus will eventually go head-to-head on October 28th. But, uh, you know, Kiev in there as well. I, I kind of feel that of all the things that we should be looking at here, it's probably Groups G and A that are going to be maybe the most competitive. Would you agree with that? No. I mean, I, I think they'll be great because they have they definitely have two teams that are going to be really exciting to watch. And those matchups, the Byron Atletico matchup, especially now with Suarez, I'm already excited about how Suarez is playing. Uh, you know, Diego Simeone has another great striker. So I'm interested to see how they play Byron. Of course, you well, let, let me add one more. Let me, let me add matchup. one more. I, I, now that I've said All that, right. if you threw in H and would those be your three? Because H with PSG, I, Man United, I, and Leipzig, that that that's a pretty strong group. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what what do you qualify as as a great group? I mean, there are some groups that have two amazing teams in it, and I'm excited to see those matchups early on. And those are the ones you talked about, A and G, definitely. But when I'm looking at the groups where you're looking at it and you're like, I really can't pick and be 100% certain that these are the top two teams, that's where groups like H become interesting. That's even where groups like B become interesting because, you know, Inter and Real Madrid, uh, I mean, Real Madrid always gets out of the group stage, but, you know, they've 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 had some trouble scoring goals as of late. And teams like Mönchengladbach, I mean, they've got, this is all they have to play for. Like, they are ready to finally make some, some noise in something like Champions League. So, um, you know, I would say H is probably the most competitive group. And when I say competitive group, it's the group where I just can't look at it and be like, well, those are definitely the top two teams. I would say the same thing about Group D. I think Liverpool will definitely go through. But, you know, with the Atalanta and Ajax, uh, you know, I, I really don't know where that's going to play out. So, yeah, Champions League, uh, a great way to spend the middle of the week uh, when you're sitting at home at noon and have nothing to do. You can tune in. So let's step away from the Tiffany network and the Tiffany digital network. And uh, yeah, we're talking about watching this on two day NA. And the other thing we really watch on two day NA oh, yeah. is what it's time for. Here it is, baby. Woo! It's time for that football down south. Football in Inglace. And boy, here we go. You know what well, the thing is you, you got, and we talked about this in the very beginning of the show, uh, Tata and Piojo at odds. Why are they at odds? Club America thinks that the players that they sent to go play with the Mexican national team that just took on uh, Guatemala, that they were not they were not uh, fit, ready to go. They were tired by the time it came back to a scoreless draw in a game against... Uh, oh, come, on. come on. I think that the whole thing is very, very reasonable, that that would be his concern. Look. Piojo, that look, is. I, I, f- well, look, it, Here's the thing. There was no goals. They seem beat playing Cruz Azul. They seem beat. Well, look, if you were in Europe, we just talked about Champions League. If you're in Europe, you have to play Champions League. If you're a top team, you have to play Champions League, or you have to play Europa if you're kind of a top team, and you have to pay, play your domestic league. What is the – in Liga MX, these guys can step up and play. You know, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of that. There's, I mean, I could see that, but – not really. You know, they play a couple of friendlies. The Mexican team, the Mexican national team is 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 so important to the country and so important to Liga MX that it's like there has to be a, a symbiotic relationship there. And I mean, for Herrera to say this, I mean, OK, so, you know, week 11 and 12 maybe is not going to be their best performances. But it kind of reminds me of when you have Jurgen Klopp whining about you know playing too many games for liverpool it's like well you know if you want the best players this is something you have to put up with this is something you have to train around and this is something you need to have a backup plan for so i i'm not saying that herrera is wrong i'm just saying that this is something that we all knew they would have to live with and to not have a plan and not be prepared to deal with it is is not the fault of the mexican national team well, okay, I guess, but if the training sessions were too involved and that's what was the issue, not the game itself, that the players were too gassed because of the training sessions, that that doesn't really seem fair to who's paying the bills. And, and, and I guess that's where I would side with Herrera on this. And, you know, I don't think it was a bodacious ta-ta 
when he reported that they had GPS systems on themselves that like kept the running down and they would know and be able to track it and show it back to Piojo. But I think that if you have to even have that conversation where, you know, I guess it has to be tracked that maybe something there is to be considered. So I, I, I look, it, I always side with the people that are paying the big money. And in this case, Club America wants to make sure those players are fresh and ready to have a good match against Cruz Azul. And it, it, it wasn't. I mean, and from my perspective, yeah, so you wanted you know to what? watch something but, good. It, it wasn't good. Yeah, but you know what? America has not been playing very well. They've played okay, but they have not been outstanding. So to use this as an excuse, to me, is that's exactly what it is. It's an excuse. They have not played the type of soccer that we expected of them. I mean, they're at third in the table right now, but three draws and two losses. I mean, if they were a European team that was given this kind of um, press, this kind of, you know, people looked at them the same way they looked at Byron. That's, that's how they want to be seen, right? Club America wants to be seen as a Byron Munich, as a Barcelona, as a Real Madrid. They want to be seen as these teams that are like a step above the league. Well, you didn't play like you were a step above the league the first 10 weeks. So don't look at us in week 11 and 12 and be like, well, the problem is, because guess what else? You know why you sell tickets? You know why you're Club America? Well, I mean, they're not selling tickets now, of course, because of COVID. But do you know why you have that popularity? Because you have the popular players. And what helps bring the popularity to those players? It's not just club soccer. It's the national team. The national team, like I said, means so much to Mexican soccer that being able to have these players on your team helps your team, helps market your team, helps grow your audience. So you have to take the good with the bad. That that's I mean, you're right though, Lawrence. I mean, they are paying the bills, but you know, this is you knew what you were buying. You know, you knew what you were getting into. You yeah, knew okay. Ochoa was going to play. That's fair, but if that contributed to the injury and then you, you know, you're you're looking at the Ochoa doppelganger in, in between the sticks and that's what you're getting. <laughs> and I mean, like I I'd, I'll say this though, Vucetich had to deal with the same thing. So that that you know, the, the about the same amount of Chivas players were off with the team you know and then came back and it was the same basic principle here and and they took care of business and uh, Chivas you know took down Mazatlan it was actually that was an enjoyable game to watch as was Tigris Monterey and uh, you know in the Monterey oh, yeah. Derby that thing was like that was that was fun and, and I, I, I could tell you we're starting to see who Tigris is that's a way better team than they had been for the past several weeks and you know again I'm always the Monterey apologist because I do expect a lot. They did virtually nothing. I, I at this point, just from their standpoint, and as much as you want to praise what's going on for, uh, you know, Freddie's, you know, Tigris, I, I, I would say that the look that we're seeing right now and just the lack of inspiration, you, you were talking about this last time we were on the show, Mohamed may really, really need to be evaluating not just the way they're structuring the lineups, but... Maybe something completely fresh because this is getting stale and fast. Well, honestly, maybe they need to reevaluate Mohamed. I mean, look, as a Spurs fan, when it comes to Premier League, I love Pochettino. He was great. He did a lot for that club. He put them where they needed to be. But there was a time that he needed to be replaced. I'm not going to say Mourinho was the correct replacement, but to bring it back over here to Mexican soccer, 
maybe that's where the problem is. Maybe they're just stale. Maybe Mohamed is, has run his course, and that's just how it happens. I mean, look, you're 12 games into the league, and you have the same amount of wins as Puebla and Toluca. That's not Monterey. That's not. I mean, they're sitting at they're sitting at eighth. Uh, if this was a normal season, they'd be right on the bubble of the playoffs. So you know, they need to step up. And I don't know what the answer is. Trust me, if they knew what the answer was, they would be doing it because Monterey is not known for their patience. They are known for their dominance. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how the last stretch here plays out. Uh, you know, we're coming close to to battling for those last spots in the playoff. And like you said, you know, teams like Tigres, they're starting to kind of get their rhythm. And that's what you want to do. You want to have your rhythm. You want to have your 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 that feeling that 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 streak. You want to be building to that streak because the way Liga MX works, once we get to the end of the season, we go into that little league. It's it's more like an American, it's more like a traditional American sport where we have a playoff at the end and you want to be the team that's hot at the end of the playoffs. Nobody cares if you were number one or number two in the table. They care that at the end you're in that championship game and you win it. However, I do want to tip the hat to the Kings of Lyon at the top of the table. Lawrence, they have definitely battled to get to the top of the table and uh, I'm really excited to watch them play they, their their brand of football is definitely more exciting than than the teams we've discussed earlier the uh, you know the Monterey's and the Americas that just kind of seem to be trudging along trying to squeeze out you know wins Leon has come to play and uh, you know I think it's awesome that they're at the top of the table. And and I think that that means something to them more than it means to these other teams. They want to finish the regular season number one. That is a really good point to make, and I'm glad you've made it because Lyon, I mean, we, we, we talk in effusive terms about them, but when it gets down to it, they are taking care of business. And some of the wins aren't exactly pretty, but it doesn't matter. They're still victories. And we're looking at... This coming weekend, uh, a set of games that will be important because the next weekend, there's a bit of a break as the only game that we'll see uh, on what will be Sunday, October 11th, will be Cholos and uh, in that game, Santos taking him on. It's a bit of a makeup from a previous missed match where Tijuana was not able to keep going because of COVID testing. But I, I'll tell you this. This coming weekend's action, before we kind of head into what will be a break for most of the teams, America, Pumas, obviously huge, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But I think the sleeper here, I I have a feeling Toluca can really absolutely I was looking at that. take some control and show who they are. We were on the Toluca train. Toluca train started getting a little shaky. But I think this early morning matchup on Sunday, Cruz Azul will run into some trouble against Toluca. Oh, yeah, man. I'm back on that Toluca train. I mean, it, it goes a little off the rails, but so does the show. Um, <laughs> I, I like Toluca Cruz Azul. That's going to be a good matchup. And you're right. A win for Toluca means a lot more than a draw or a win for Cruz Azul. Because, I, you know, I, I, I haven't seen the passion in Cruz Azul, even though I feel like that they are deserved of being a top team right, right now in the table. Um, I think Toluca has a good chance of winning this game and if they do that puts them on a great trajectory uh the other game you know that i'm kind of looking at and seeing is you know 
I, I still think it's interesting, this Mazelon-Leon game. We just talked about Leon's at the top, Mazelon not at the top. But you know what? They haven't been playing bad. And you want to talk about a team that really wants that 12th spot. They want to get into the playoff. And, you know, a win will, will do a lot for them. So, I mean, at this point in the season, you know, I hate to be like, oh, at this point in the season, every game matters. But honestly, like, they do. Because we've got to figure out who this this final 12 is. And also... You know, we have a lot of parity in this league. That's why you and I both love watching these games, because unlike a lot of other professional soccer leagues, it's not predetermined who are your top three or four teams. Like, you have no idea. You know, we know which teams are the most popular, the America and Chivas, but we don't necessarily know who the best teams are. So uh, it will be an exciting weekend. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more sorted out on what's going to happen. But, I mean, you know, you're looking at the fact that the last place team is only... Uh, a two-game win streak away from being comfortably in the playoff picture. Yeah, Sunday also interesting to me in the sense that uh, Pachuca needs to get back on track. A draw with Toluca last time out wasn't really that inspiring at all after they had really gotten some nice momentum, and they will be at Juarez. And uh, Chivas at Cholos uh, is another thing. But in the middle, uh, the 5 o'clock slot on Sunday the aforementioned Monterey taking on Cartaro, who were, you know, last matchup, they had a three to one lead and let Puebla back into it. And it was kind of a very exciting ending, but, uh, Kertaro had had a you know nice spell for a while and then kind of came back down to earth. This is really a matchup where the rubber meets the road. One of these teams with a victory will just be in that realm where it's like, okay, yes, they should be in the Little League contention. And we always talk about this. Twelve teams this time around are going into what's the playoffs, and uh, it is screaming up on us. And we'll keep covering it. We'll keep you fully abreast of all the thoughts and opinions and where things are. And I'm glad we had a nice, healthy conversation earlier about the national team and what uh, Tata needs and what Piojo needs for his side of things. Because in the end, we love it all. We watch all these games. We love being a part of it. Oh, yeah. Soon, Expansion Talks will be part of the program as well. And we'll get to that later. But for now, let's have a good weekend ahead. Catch all this action. There'll be a little bit of a break that next weekend but we'll be back for so much more as things head to the little league action with bo byerly i'm lawrence scott thanks so much for listening oh yeah oh yeah